Fly ball, left field, it's deep. And it is Hey guys and welcome to Broad Street to Britain, a UK footage podcast. It feels so good to be back, baby. Uh, we had a draft and we've got stuff to talk about. And of course, as ever, I am joined by Ryan Owen. Ryan, how are you, mate? You know what? I'm pretty good. I'm delighted. If anyone who's watching this on the YouTube platform will see David's glorious UK Phillies background. He's got uh-huh. the got the bandana going he's got the jersey on and if you're on the podcast i urge you go on to youtube just to see that you know what i mean i've got all out for it ryan I, so long since i put this baby on <laughs> uh, ryan quickly it was today was meant to be the uh, start of the london series we're all meant to be in london oh. today uh it's gutting it's like looking back on last year and there's so many good memories. And of course, it looks like MLB are pulling out of London and heading into somewhere else in Europe next year. It's just, it's sad. <laughs> it's like it hits home today more than ever where we should be. And no baseball, no London. It's It's been a tough, tough few months, hasn't it? It's been very strange for everyone around the world. And it's actually a really nice day in Britain mm. right now as well. <laughs> so it just like glorious. doubles home like what it would have been like down in London. But course you know we send our best oh, wishes man. to everyone for, for everything around the world but yeah it, it's hard not to feel um just a little sad when you know what you could have been doing but hey dave you're on the podcast with us today so yeah yeah exactly and <laughs> i am like to say we're joined by alex carr as well alex how are you my friend um just lovely i'm in my best you know just woke up gear i have my beautiful Room background, I have a hat, no bandana, but I'm nonetheless very excited to be here. Very excited to talk some some draft, if you couldn't tell by my tweets over the last yeah, three days. Yeah, chomping at the I'm bit both ecstatic. you are, aren't you? It's just nice to have some baseball, but also it's nice to have a really good draft. I mean, in plain, in plain words. That's, well, Alex, Alex nice. getting straight in. Yeah, sure. Is it straight it, in? It, Get the intros uh, out of the way. Let's talk about the draft. We haven't had we haven't had anything baseball to talk about in what like a month two months and now you know the Phillies decide to come back and have an absolutely excellent draft and I mean how can I not be excited about that right All right let's let's do this then so the Phillies uh, just the four four picks because uh, they gave a second round for the Zach Wheeler deal is that right am I indeed am I getting that right so indeed. let's start with the the First pick, fifteenth overall pick, eighteen years old. Mike, is it right? Is it Mike Abel or Abel? How are we pronounce this? Mick Abel. Mick Abel. It is Mick Abel. Right-handed pitcher, straight out of high school in Oregon, ranked number seven in the top fifty by Baseball America. Uh, let's go quickly through some of the things that's been said. By the way, this is the first time the Phillies have drafted a pitcher in the first round since two thousand and fourteen, and Aaron Nola. We'll start out there. Yeah. Uh, Baseball America says he possesses a tantalizing arm. 
He's got a four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball, slider, and a curveball. Ranges between 94 to 97 miles per hour. Uh, Brian Barber, the uh, Phillies chief scout, says he's a potential future workhorse and dominating presence at the top of the rotation. He's expected to sign. Dan O'Dowd compared him to Justin Verlander. Another compared him to Steven Strasburg. Alex, there's a lot of there's a lot of good good things being said about this young man. Take it away, Alex. The floor is yours. I mean, so I was really excited by this pick, especially because I knew that the Phillies have been very reluctant to take uh, any kind of high schooler uh, in the first round for a long time. I mean, this is the first time in four years that they've taken a high schooler. The last one was Mickey Moniak. Uh, and so I knew that they were reluctant. And more so, I knew they were reluctant to take a high school pitcher. Um and everywhere, every single media outlet, every single person I talked to, scouts, evaluators, everyone, they said, you know, it's not likely they're going to take a high school arm. And in fact, they, you know, gave it a less than like 5% chance uh, because there was so much hype surrounding the Phillies and Nick Bitsko, uh, who went to the Rays. Uh, and everybody thought, oh, he's local. He's from here. Like, how can we not take this kid? He's the most, you know, uh, enticing prospect in the whole draft that said, Mick Abel is this kind of guy that, you know, he's the most, probably the most projectable and has the most advanced arsenal in the entire, if not the high school portion of the draft, in the entire draft of pitchers. Yeah. I mean, this kid has outrageous stuff and excellent fastball. I think it's a 10th percentile spin rate fastball. Uh, he's got, you know, these excellent secondaries. Uh, the the curveball, which he just developed last year, uh, which nobody's gotten to see yet, uh, but also the slider that has always been there. That has it's his out pitch. It's his go to. I mean, two pitches that are absolutely dominating. A third that is apparently very good. I mean, I've seen Rapsodo footage of it. Uh, and then you know he's the kind of guy that likes to tinker. He likes to mess around with stuff. He likes to, uh, you know, he doesn't like to stay put, which is nice. Uh, so we might be seeing a changeup coming. We might be seeing. Uh, who the heck knows? Maybe a cutter, maybe who, who knows truly. But I mean, this is a kid to be excited about big body, uh, lots of projectability, just 18 years old. Uh, and the key to sustained success is having, you know, guys that you can stifle and slowly add to the, uh, to the, to the main 25 or 26 man now. So, you know, it's really exciting. It's very, very exciting uh, to have a kid that's so young, so chock full of potential. Yeah, Ryan, they, they reckon he's got the makings of at least a mid-rotation starter. As I said, ranked number seven in the top 50. Why do you think he was sort of dropped to, well, not dropped, but passed on to 15th pick for us to pick him up? How come he wasn't drafted sooner by the others? Um, well, Good for us, by the way. But it's just hard <laughs> that someone's ranked top 50, seven, top 50, and, and went 15th. Yeah, but we, I mean... In terms of Major League Baseball, that isn't a huge drop, Dave, because obviously there's there's going to be 15 very talented young men. Oh, yeah. So um, we're not talking about someone who's like dropped round after round, which we may come on to with Casey Martin in a little bit, where that's the sort of drop where you ask the question, why did that happen? Um, so we'll talk about him in a minute. But with <laughs> Mick Abel, um, as Alex has alluded to, the, the last time the Phillies took a first round pitcher was Jesse Biddle in 2010. Um, mm. So, what you know, I'm always the the word to the wise in here, aren't I? And everyone looks at me and thinks, oh, why does he have to be the 
<laughs> the ball that tells us that we need to be careful because obviously young pitchers are very volatile and a lot can happen between being an 18-year-old arm that is very, very talented and a 22- or 23-year-old arm ready to come into the major leagues. You have to avoid injuries. You have to avoid overloading the arm. You have to... You have to um, see how he adapts as he as he goes through the ranks. You know, he, he, this is a guy. We don't have any numbers really on this guy right now. No. You, you can't go on Baseball Reference and see what he did at Jesuit in Oregon. You know, if he played in NCAA at college, we could see some numbers. Um, so, yes, I am very excited. He's six foot five. He's he's yep. quite um, he's quite tall and lanky guy, and he probably needs to build into the frame a little bit. But it's a really exciting fastball. The slider's already devastating, as, as Alex has said. Um, there's secondary and third pitches there that, that are really, really good and can be worked on. The curveball's been spoken about. And, yeah, the Phillies should be really excited, and our fans should be. But, you know, Casey Martin will probably be in the majors before Mick Abel would be, what oh. I'd say. Oh, Alex, Alex not sure. No, 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 no. I, I was saying, oh, I like, I'm, disagreeing I'm excited. Well, actually, so... Uh, Brian said about about Jesse Biddle, like totally spot on, and that I think that is the last time they took a high school pitcher first round, right? That is correct. And then Kevin Kevin Gowdy in 2016 was a second round pick, uh, but he was also a high schooler, and that is an example. If any of you out there are looking for an example of what could go wrong, uh, Kevin Gowdy's a good one. I mean, Tommy John surgery, his first year uh, out of high school, and then uh, while well, he was with us, and then now he hardly touches 89 on a fastball. Uh, that's not to say he's done for. I mean, the kid had a decent year last year. I think he was in Clearwater. Uh, and, you know, he's had, he's had, he's still got some solid secondaries, but if you're looking for, you know, why there's risk to this pick, that's why. I mean, this guy's got a long way to go before he's ready to. And, to, and uh, Biddle too, of course. I mean, B- Biddle. I mean, is, yeah. I mean, I think he's still, does he, I think he's owned by the Cincinnati Reds. He's still sort of knocking around. He might around, be in the but... minors. Yeah, he's, he's he had um, a horrible year last year. He's certainly not a first round sort of. He hasn't succeeded um, no, to the level that you hope a first round pick would. So there's yeah. high school. You know, if I was playing fantasy baseball and I'm picking in dynasty, I'm thinking, ah, yeah, I'm expecting K's with Mick Abel. This is an exciting pick, but I'm ready oh, to yeah. wait. I'm ready to wait, and I'm ready to understand that there's a lot that can happen between now and his major league debut. So, totally. you know, but you, have, you have to be wary of that. Don't let us discourage you, because, I mean, the potential of this pick is immense. And also, this kid is not your normal high schooler. He, the, the common quote about Mick is that he's a high school pitcher with a college approach. So this kid is already – you can watch any videos of him. He's not laboring to throw 97 miles an hour. It, it's effortless. So, I mean, this kid is definitely at – less of a risk knock on injury of making the stupid mistake or knock on injury knock on wood uh, of, 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 <laughs> you've done you it know. now he's i know oh, we're almost uh, willing the uh, injury he's, now he's, he's stop it uh he's 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 at less of a risk to make those stupid mistakes uh that many yeah. high school pitchers do when they really want to prove themselves uh, and they really want to show that you know they're a first round pick and this is why uh and even though they're not going to get any minor league experience this year which is horrible and sucks yeah, we'll, so we'll bad we'll get to that um, bit, yeah. but uh, you know he's he's a kid that's well on his way already so be ready because the guy is really really good so that is a, that's an exciting start and a 
mm-hmm. across the board, uh, getting up and looking at Twitter the next day. Some of the videos of watching him are really encouraging. Everyone is in unanimous agreement that this is a, a gamble, yes, but a, a potentially, potentially brilliant pick, as they all are. No second round for the Phillies. Third round, as Ryan just alluded to there, Casey Martin, shortstop, 87th overall, right-hander, uh, right-handed batter from the University of Arkansas, 21 years old, ranked 38th by Baseball America, 30th by MLB.com. JJ Cooper says he has big tool with uh, big tools with big risks. He's got position versatility, could be a second baseman and a center forward. And a Baseball America report says the most toolsy college infielder in the 2020 lineup. He's got plus speed, arm strength, raw power, and a chance for plus defense at SS. What holds him back is his ability to make the most of those tools. Ryan, you just alluded to earlier on that he did drop down. Do you think that's what teams are wary of? That he's got it, he's got it, but he's, he doesn't show it consistently enough so far? Oh, I think the Phillies actually have been um, the beneficiary of a situation of not having a second-round pick is what yep. probably happened here. So the Phillies would have spent money allocating slot value to a second-round pick. They didn't have to. So other teams may have been thinking, we, we don't want to pay this guy as much as he wants. And it's quite well documented that he wanted quite a lot for where he was going. But the Phillies were in a great situation to say, you know what? we got some spare money, <laughs> so we're, we're going to take this guy and we're going to spend the dollar and we're going to make it happen. So you're right, you're right, Dave. He's um, he's one of those guys, he has power and speed in the profile, but the concern is the play approach. And you're, it's the hit tool and his ability to, to put it all together and not wind up just being a guy that hits 220 and you're struggling to be at the Mendoza line, you know? And and sometimes that can be the hardest skill for a young player to, to ever truly get because you can bulk up and get power. You can get better on the base pads. But really what you've got at the plate, when that ball's coming at you at 95 miles per hour, you've either, sometimes you've either got it or you haven't. So there is that concern. That doesn't mean he can't develop. I'm sure he will. And in the third round, I mean, this is an athletic kid. He's got positional versatility. He's quick. He's strong. This is exactly the sort of, some might say boom or bust pick, but I'll tell you what, if this booms, then you're getting a lot of value for a third round draft pick and everyone should be excited about this pick. This is a real coup, really, where he went. Alex, is this, obviously, we'll touch it later on, but no minors this year, but is this the sort of kid that could have made his way up through the minors quite quickly this year? Yep. I mean, you're looking at a kid that has the ability to play center field. I mean, we are talking probably a top 10 speed tool in the draft, which is crazy because there are so many good speed tools. I mean, a lot of guys make it to the draft or or, are, you know, projected to be picked because they have a really, really good speed tool. And that often means that they can, at least they have a high floor, Mm. but I mean, we're talking like a 75 run tool coupled with plus with the potential to be more power. I mean, if you most center fielders, you know, you look at around the league, you've got like Kevin Kiermeyer, you've got, you know, a lot of guys that are speedy with maybe a hit tool, but you know, there's no, no real power there. Yeah. This guy, I mean, Casey Martin has unbelievable raw power and unbelievable raw speed. It's a, a 
mesh of tools that don't often go together. Uh, and that's why it's so hard to find a comparison for him. I mean, I was looking around the league. Uh, you can point to Alex Bregman because of his stature and his power, or you can point to Jonathan VR because of his speed and his kind of crappy plate approach, mm. or you can point to, you know, Trey Turner because of his speed and his, you know, uh, I guess his power tool, but uh, Trey Turner has nothing on what Casey Martin has in terms of power. So, I mean, you can point to like different aspects of all these different guys, but the ultimate thing is here, not a lot of guys with this particular set of tools have made it to the majors, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, who knows? Really? I mean, this kid is, if he booms, like Ryan said, if he booms, it's a big boom. I mean, getting this guy at the 87th overall pick in the draft. And the reason behind that, as Ryan also said, you know, it's because he, he has the same agent as Russell Wilson, the quarterback of. The, okay. Yeah. Uh, so his agent reached out and said, look, we've got a price tag. That's the only price tag we're taking. So seeing as he's a kind of bottom of the first round uh, barrel monetary or uh, in, in terms of like where he was projected to go, he was like ranked 30th by MLB uh he can't remember his other rankings but you know there's 26 27 28 i don't remember how many first round picks we had this year probably 29 but um you know there should be because just no astros i believe uh but you know with uh with him being at rank 30 not a lot of people in the second round want to spend so much money Mm. uh on a pick when they have you know a second third fourth and fifth round pick to go where they have to allocate certain amounts of money that's where the Phillies not having a second round pick became actually kind of a boon for them because I mean, getting this kid at 87th overall is insane. I mean, sure. He has the potential to bust the plate approach is crap. It really is. Uh, the contact is okay, but he really needs to cut down the swing and miss. But if he can do that, I mean, you're looking at a future five tool possible superstar Oof. at 87. At 87th in the draft. Damn. So Casey Great. Martin definitely one to watch out. Well, if we can, uh, we'll definitely yeah. one, definitely one to watch out for. Uh, pick number three was 116th pick Carson Ragsdale uh, from the University of South Florida. Awesome name. Six foot. Great name. Uh, isn't it just Carson Ragsdale? Yeah. So is Casey Martin actually. Mm-hmm. Really good, good baseball names. Wait till the next one. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> Six foot. Eight, Ryan. This guy is a unit, but yeah. uh, had Tommy John surgery last year, so he missed all of last year and will obviously miss this year as well. Uh, ranked 169 with MLB.com, 191 Baseball America, staff, uh, fastball, sorry, 91 to 95. Got a curveball and a changeup. Uh, the Phillies are banking on the upside and potential. Uh, some scouts don't believe uh, he'll deliver. Oh, sorry. Some scouts believe he'll be a better reliever than a starter. Uh, Ryan, tell us about Carson Ragsdale. Yeah, I mean, even just a brief look. We do have some numbers on Ragsdale because he was at the University of South Florida again. So that's college. Um, He's obviously older than um, Mick Abel, who we were talking about earlier. Um, Very large. Probably only really has two pitches that you could bank on right now. And the main, well... Really, we've only seen the fastball, which is sort of ninety-one to sitting ninety-one to ninety-five. You can't bank on him having enough secondary stuff to, to become a starter. Although it could develop, if if 
feels like he's, he's going to get his strikeouts, but he needs to work on... I read that he's a bit more of a, um, a control guy as opposed to a command guy. I don't think he's ever really going to to be a pinpoint precision pitcher like Aaron Nola is, for example. It's not, it's not going to be that. It's, it's going to be more power. And if it's power and he's trying to, to, to get that out of himself, that's where the relief element is coming from. If it, yeah. you know, he's, very, he's very tall. He, he may overmatch his opponents with what he's got, but over shorter spurts. And, and, and even just a brief look at the profile, because I don't want to claim to be an ex- expert on Carson <laughs> Ragsdale because... You know, and I'm not sure anyone apart from the top scouts truly are. I'm a guy in the fourth round here. But a brief look says, I, I even written my notes, it all screams relief pitcher. And, mm-hmm. yeah. and, it, and it really does. <laughs> would, would you go with that, Alex? As well, it, that's as, why. As Ryan just said, on, on paper, it's relief, isn't it? Yep, but that's why his most common comparison is Dylan Betances. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and... What needs to be remembered is Brian Barber, who was previously with the Yankees, drafted Dellen Betances. Uh, so what's important to remember here is uh, I've seen a lot of actual, actually positive reports on his, uh, you know, possible ability uh, as a starter uh, in that, you know, his last game of the season last year, uh, they played the Gators, uh, the Florida Gators, and he went four innings there. The Gators, by the way, for those who don't know, or a top, top team. I think they're number two or number one uh, in, right. in all of the United States. Uh, and he went four innings and struck out 10. I mean, this is a That'll guy with do. serious, serious strikeout stuff, can elevate the fastball. He can touch 97. Uh, there's definitely room for growth there, I think, because you're looking at a guy who is practically the size of a mountain. I mean, he's really big. Uh, and he's going to couple with uh, Kyle Young, who is seven foot tall uh, in the Phillies yeah, yeah. system. Uh, and that's pretty awesome. Uh, but like I said, I think there's room to grow in velocity. Uh, I think the curveball is pretty serious. Uh, it's, it's pretty good. It's 12-6, uh, you know, drops off, especially when you have a really fast fastball. Uh, you know, having a curveball that drops off really, uh, and, you know, it becomes mm. a lot harder to see and a lot harder to hit. Uh, so I really, I like his makeup. Uh, I don't think he'll eventually be a starter, uh, even though I've seen those positive reports. But I think, you know, to have a guy with the potential of Dellen Batances to be the stature and have, have you know, hopefully that velocity and that, uh, you know, precision breaking ball would be would be a big deal. So I like taking him at the first, fourth round. Regardless. Do we, uh, having Tommy John at such a young age, is that potentially a problem? Could that, re- you know, a bit injury prone already? I see that as actually a more positive thing. Uh, okay. I think when, when, when you're younger, uh, it's nice to get those kind of surgeries out of the way while your body can really heal. Um, and seeing as we've seen him come back and have, you know, maintain his normal velocity, you can suppose that, you know, he's, he's healed up just fine. Uh, now, if he re-aggravates the injury, that's a problem. I mean, having Tommy mm-hmm. done twice, there's almost... You know, there, there's coming back. Of course, we've seen guys come back from four Tommy John surgeries. Uh, in the case of who was that, Johnny Venters or somebody like that, uh, crazy. Like, <laughs> but I mean, that does provide extra risk. If you re-aggravate that injury, it's going to be going to be mm. great. Uh, but that said, I mean, if he's being used in a relief capacity, who knows? I mean, hopefully he won't re-aggravate it, and hopefully we've got a really, really nice 
fast trackable uh, relief arm in the system, which will be great if we do have a short season. Absolutely. Yeah. Three, three really nice picks so far. Mm. And our fourth and final one was Baron Radcliffe, another great baseball name, another really tall player as well. Uh, 21 years old from uh, Georgia Tech, six foot four, um, described as a slugger, plus, plus raw power, low, low average is what they've got on here. Baseball America says if you were just lining up players in, ter- in the 2020 class with the biggest raw power, you wouldn't have many list before Radcliffe. Uh, a high swing, and, uh, high swing and miss rate. Um, yeah. Alex, Baron Radcliffe. <clears throat> First of all, I've heard his power uh, explained to me as these things. <laughs> plus, plus, plus. Plus, plus, plus. Prolific and monster-like. Uh, now, when it comes to a fifth-round pick, I don't think I could pass up the chance to have a guy described like that, especially when he has the chance to go back to school next year. And, you know, who knows what kind of numbers he's, he'd put up. He didn't get off to the best start in, in 2020, well, the short amount of time they had to play. Mm. But, I mean, he would have the opportunity to go back to school and perhaps prove that he is something more than a fifth-round pick. So I love this pick. Uh, even though he wasn't in the top 200, I think he is a guy that is, you know, the, the power alone is worth it. I mean, uh, yeah, go ahead. Get, go sorry, ahead. I was going to say, with the DH inevitable to come in, he could be that ideal DH guy, couldn't he? yeah. You don't you don't really want to look at a guy and say, oh, no, I, I you know, know, but 20, I'm, 21 I'm, year old. That's ahead. Yeah, totally. I mean, eventually, absolutely. And a guy that you want to, you know, at worst, put that kind of power on the bench. Heck, yeah. I mean, I would have liked to put Dylan Cousins on the Phillies bench uh, as, you know, mm-hmm. had Adam Hazley not put up such a good showing. I, I would have loved to have Dylan Cousins uh, come through and, and sit on the bench. That said, I have no idea. Uh, I haven't seen any tool rankings on Radcliffe yet, but uh, something tells me his his contact's probably a little bit better than Cousins, and I think he might have more power, which is saying a lot. Uh, but mm. also, I wanted to read this this tweet that I sent to Dave at two o'clock in the morning uh, because I was so excited. I was so excited. So, Baron Radcliffe, who was a fifth round pick of the Philadelphia Phillies out of Georgia Tech, is a left hand batter. He's got strikeout concerns, and he's six foot four, two hundred twenty-eight pounds. A man named Ryan Howard was a fifth-round pick out of Southwest Missouri State. Is a left-hand batter, had K concerns when he was in college, and is six foot four, two hundred thirty pounds. These men are two pounds apart, and get a load of this: Baron Radcliffe's slash in his final year uh, that was shortened. Uh, he played 16 games, hit 259, 394, 552, with three home runs and 23 strikeouts. If you multiply that to get to Ryan Howard's total of 58 games, you get almost, those slash lines are pretty similar, but you get 11 home runs and I think it was 81 strikeouts. So seven away from Ryan Howard in strikeouts and two away in home runs. Now, if you're going to sit there and tell <laughs> That this man, who is almost the exact same, who is the exact same size, almost the exact same weight, left-handed batter, strikeout concerns. If you're gonna sit there and tell me that this comp to Ryan Howard is not accurate, I will throw you out. 
it is it is remarkable how similar these two are. And there's even a picture that I saw on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm sorry if you're listening. I forget who posted it, but it was retweeted by somebody I follow. Um, it was a picture of Byron Radcliffe with his bat, his hand outstretched, bat here, which is the iconic Ryan Howard load up getting ready to <laughs> hit. I mean, come on. This kid screams, screams Ryan Howard to me. And I mean, if they can fix a little bit of the K concerns and, and get some more contact on that bat, we saw what Ryan Howard did for the Phillies from, you know, 2004 to uh, 2015, I think. I mean, we saw that. So mm. if we can get any any semblance of that kind of bat, it's over. Whew. Give me that. And of course, when we saw some, we saw Bryce Harper tweet a video about um, a Baron and one of the bombs in Citizens Bank Park is going to be a 470 feet. Yeah, like that's insane. He will knock it into Ashburn Alley and beyond, wouldn't he? It's just incredible. I mean, the video that I tweeted, he didn't even barrel the ball, and it still it flew forever. I mean, the guy has got insane power. And I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's a future star because God knows the the plate approach and, and the hit tool are not there. But that doesn't mean they can't be there eventually. And having even if that's a guy you're going to put on your bench, you want him there. Yeah, absolutely. The hit tool rarely is there, you know, at this age. I mean, there's very few guys that some you can tell, you know, they've just got it. The eyes there. We're talking about the best young players in the in the world, you know. But this mm. that's it can develop. And to be honest, his strikeout rate compared to his warps. It's not quite at the level that Casey Martins is at. So Casey Martins got more work to do on that than Baron Radcliffe has. So this is interesting. We're going to have a DH eventually as well, <laughs> pretty soon, I think, in the mm-hmm. NL. So you don't have to be concerned. That might have played into this. You know, if there's any concern with where does he fit in the outfield, what we're going to do with him, is he athletic? I don't know too much about his defense, but any concern at all, just go and slug us some home runs from the DH slot, please. And, and that'll do, you know? So really exciting. I, I echo what Alex says. It, he, he could be a Ryan Howard type without the terrible bad contract at the end, please. No, and of course, it, <laughs> it, I don't think he'll make it, that it, mistake again. He'll no. benefit from the Iron Pigs and uh, the, the Lee Valley ballparks as well. They're very hitter-friendly. Oh, we, could see some, we, we could see some yeah. huge Redding, numbers. Redding does some amazing things for hitters. Uh, and while I'm not one to think that, you know, that kind of amplifies uh, Philly prospect numbers. Mm. I think for guys with immense power like Dylan Cousins, I mean, there was a reason Dylan Cousins had such a big jump in ranking, uh, you know, that year that he played a full season in Reading. I mean, that guy put up some pretty, uh, in fact, I'll pull them up right now. But I mean, a guy like this, I mean, if he, if he does what we expect him to do, uh, and, and that is obviously show some pretty scary power, um, there's no harm in saying he could be up really soon. I mean, he could truly, uh, here, I have Dylan Cousins reading numbers up. Let me see. Uh, Cousins <laughs> now at the race, isn't he? <laughs> 134 games, 40 home runs, a yeah. 276 batting average, 350 on base, and a 591 slugging. I mean, <laughs> obviously... Reading is a is a pretty hitter friendly park, but if Baron Radcliffe can even do something like that, uh, I would be ecstatic to see how you know because he's a fifth round pick. I, I I think those guys aren't particularly expecting that uh, they'll be the headlining acquisitions of of this draft, 
But if he can come up to the bench and just say, I'm here as a lefty, you know, lefty bat, I'll crush right-handed pitching. I'm fine with that from a fifth round pick. Are you kidding? Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally fine with that. How would, uh, how would something you, Ryan, how would you grade the, the Phillies draft? It, it's good as it could have been really. I mean, this is this is exciting. I, they they took a really really exciting young arm in the first round. I don't think anyone can argue with that. Um, a lot of people saying the best high school pitcher, most exciting in the whole class. So, you know, you know, we can sit here and say it might take a while for Mick to develop, but it would with any high school pitcher. Oozes upside, fantastic tools. Casey Martin, we've already discussed. I think that's the real home run here in terms of value. Yep. Um, they, they can count themselves really lucky in some ways that he was there and it just fell perfectly and it was a no-brainer. And then two guys towards the end, you know, we're talking about fourth and fifth round picks. They, they're not always going to pan out. You can't really, you can't sit here and say they're surefire things and they'll definitely contribute at the big league level. But both reasonable, you know, the pitcher's huge, six foot eight, like you said. So he's got the frame to be a power pitcher out of the bullpen and that would be great. Baseball's different now as well. You know, mm-hmm. in the past, yeah, very much. you'd be looking for starters that'll get you seven, eight innings and stuff. You don't really need that. You need real power relief pitchers. You need those reliable Batansas types, Seth Lugo, whoever it may be, and Radcliffe. Yeah, that's exciting. You know me, I love power. Yeah, yeah. I want, oh, when yeah. I'm watching baseball, I want to see home runs. I, want, I don't care if you strike out um, five times every time you walk. You know, he... As long as you're, if you hit 40 home runs in a season and you get yourself on base with with enough walks, then you're going to contribute. And the Phillies know that, so yeah, I'm excited. I, I'd give it an A. No, I'll give it an A. A. Oh, Ryan, loving that, Alex. But I haven't graded anyone else, so it doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. Everyone else is A plus plus. Yeah. I mean, Ryan. so for 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 me, it's because they had four picks. I mean, there's not a lot you can do in a draft, in a truncated draft with four picks. Mm. And I came into it with, I thought first round would, I had high expectations. I thought, you know, it's either going to be Bitsko or it's going to be Garrett Mitchell, uh, who I cannot believe he fell to the Brewers. That is a, an incredible steal for them. Um, and, or, or it's going to be, you know, uh, I don't know, somebody out of the blue. Uh, or perhaps a college pitcher, something like that. Never in a million years did I expect that they would go with Mick Abel, who I thought was going to go well earlier in the draft. Uh, So for me, I expected the first round to be good. I expected the subsequent rounds to be not as good. I was completely blown away. I mean, that's why I was so excited. I came in with pretty, you know, I wouldn't say low expectations, but with pretty middling expectations. And I came away... Absolutely blown away. I mean, you you get two first round talents uh, in your first two picks with you know incredibly high ceilings, uh, albeit you know low floors, uh, and then you take two on your back end of your draft. You take two incredibly high floors with you know also some ceiling. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it to me it is a very balanced draft. It's a very well thought out draft and they took advantage of the situations that they were put in. I'm assuming, you know, Mick Abel wasn't always the plan, uh, even though they had advanced scouting on him uh, beforehand. They they really liked his stuff. They talked to him before the draft. Um, I mean, 
they, I, but I assume they thought that he was going to go earlier. And I think, you know, the plan wasn't always high school pitcher, high school pitcher, high school pitcher. But their circumstance was there. They took advantage of it, and they snagged an absolute steal with Casey Martin. I'm sure they didn't say, oh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, go under slot for the last two picks. That's going to be a great idea. But he was there. I mean, he was there. He was able to be signed, and they swooped in, and they freaking got him, and I think that's amazing. And then the last two picks, sure, they were under slot, but they were great picks. So I'm I'm very satisfied. I would not give it an A-plus just because I'm reserving the A-pluses for those guys that got six picks and got incredible six picks. I mean, yeah. the, the Detroit Tigers ran away with this one, I think. Uh, they, their draft was absolutely insane. Uh, Blue Jays had a pretty good one. Uh, but I'm giving the Phillies an absolute A, just flat out A. It was great. How did, by the way, how did our divisional rivals get on the draft? I didn't actually really see. Boy, I Alex. <laughs> Braves in the UK, I hope you are listening. I yeah. I love you. I'm sending love. I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. <laughs> uh, the Braves had an incredibly questionable draft. Uh, I was blown away by the fact. Uh, I, I would have to pull up their picks names. I can't precisely remember. Uh, but they they picked the 77th overall talent with the 25th pick. Garrett uh, Schuster. Or 20, yeah, Schuster. That's, that's the name. Uh, which was, you know, I don't fault them for that. But um, and, and who cares about evaluation? I mean, if you like a guy, go ahead, go get mm. him. But that's a guy that I looked at and I would expect to wheel on to the second round. I would expect. And, of course, they didn't have a second-round pick because of Marcelo Zuna. But that's a guy that I would expect to, to stick around for a little bit. And there were a lot of really, really solid options. I mean, Casey Martin was there, for God's sake. And, you know, anybody would be, would be happy to have a yeah. Casey Martin type. So, uh, I, I don't know. The, the Braves kind of uh, underwhelmed me here. They, they picked primarily pitching. Uh, lots of safe arms, like they usually do. Not a lot of high ceiling, just a lot of uh it's already there like it's it's there you know what they are you know who they are and that's just how it's going to be um as far as the Mets go the Mets had a really really good draft um Mets had uh, they picked uh one of my favorites Isaiah Isaiah Green oh I saw you uh, tweet that yeah in, in, in the second round who I believe is going to be an absolute superstar I think he's a five tool player that said I'm me I don't have uh you know the absolute best eye in the world um but I think Isaiah Green is a really, really great pick to get at second uh, in in the second round. I think it was in the competitive balance round, actually. Um, but uh, their first round pick, Ryan, do you have it in front of you? I can't remember. Yeah, so that's the uh, other sort of center fielder, Pete Crow Armstrong. Oh, PCA, yeah. Yeah, so that's a really interesting pick. Good name as well, isn't it? <laughs> Look at in- interesting name. guy. He was linked to the Phillies a couple times. Uh, he's he's the uh, the two uh, T. Like he's been tutored by uh, Buddhist monks, I believe, um, and he's very spiritualistic and very um, interesting. Uh, a lot of guys are really high on him. The power is not there, uh, but he's got decent hit tool, decent speed, um, and plus 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 center field defense. I mean, he locks it mm. down in center field. He's really good. Um, but I mean. Uh, I, I really liked their first two picks. I really didn't follow along with what they were doing uh, for the rest of the draft. Uh, as for the Marlins, uh, Marlins picked all pitching. Uh, six picks, oh, really? six pitchers. Uh, I think Meyer is a beast. I'm not sure if I would have passed up Asa Lacy, 
just because I think Asa Lacey is an absolute superstar. Uh, and I think he fits their timeline better. But, I mean, they picked up all high-ceiling pitching, very projectable, lots of big guys. Uh, no complaints there. I think they had a great draft. Uh, and who am I missing? Were they, the save, were they saving oh, a little money on taking Maya there over Lacey? And that meant they, they felt happier taking Dax Fulton, for example, in the second I round? Maybe, but I I would have thought, I mean, if you when you have six picks, I mean, yeah. you can sacrifice one of the lower, uh, one of the, you know, uh, potentials of your lower picks to, to go ahead and sign Lacey. I mean, I think that is much more worth it. I mean, that's a guy that's going to hold down your rotation for years. Um, whereas I think Meyer is, is a lot more of a risk, um, which I, I, I thought that was really interesting coming from them. Uh, but, you know, it, it, they will do what they will do, and uh, they develop pitching really well. Uh, yeah. So I, I, think, I think they had a great draft, and they have some really good position players, too, in their, in their system. So can't, you know, can't be upset with with that as a Marlins fan. No. Uh, and the Nationals, I did not pay attention to them. Uh, so <laughs> I don't really know, to be honest. We'll wait and see about them. Um, after five rounds, of course, uh, all the teams have access to undrafted amateur free agents uh, and can pay each player a maximum of $20,000. <sighs> so many, so, so many players are now, what? They've, they've all their childhood, all their high school, high school, college, building up to this moment, and for a lot of them, as well as already minor leaguers, their careers are over. What's going to happen to the players who drafted now? Are they going back to school? And what's going to happen in the minors this year? Ryan, hit it. Oh, you want me to do it? Oh, I, I really do want I want the facts from you. As you know, I just okay. talk rubbish. You actually know things. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not true. That's uh, not true at all. But, okay, so... so Matt Winkleman has really learned me on this. Uh, I, I was very confused as to how this would uh, play out uh, in the coming days. Um, but Matt Winkleman, you know, absolute genius. I think I say this once every podcast. I mean, go follow him on Twitter. If you're we need not, to get him on. We need, we need, to, we need to get him on. He's private right now. Um, but uh, I'll, I I'll do, actually... He, 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 we do follow each other, so I think we, we could get him... I, well, I, he's, he runs my Dungeons and Dragons campaign. He's my, my dungeon master. Uh, so so uh, I will talk to him about it tomorrow. Um, but uh, he, he really sorted this out for me because I had truly no idea what was going to happen. So here's how this works. Um, basically, any juniors, sophomores, freshmen in college, any obviously seniors in high school are allowed to go back to school. They get, you know, they'll have their extra year of eligibility. Um, so they Does that include do our not... first pick, Mike Abel. So, so he'll go Mick, back. that that is always the case. If you right. if you don't sign your okay. uh, you know your first round pick, they can choose to go to college. They can elect to go to college uh, if they're not persuaded by the offer. Then you're given a compensation pick uh, in next year's first round. Um, right. So uh, there's that. Um, so yes, that that is always the case with anybody. Casey Martin, if he's not convinced, he could go back to school too. He could play his senior year. Um, you know, I don't think either of those things will happen because they picked those guys because they know they can sign them. Uh, whereas I really thought the Red Sox were going to actually punt the draft by picking uh, that, oh, Rourke or York, Nick York, I think is his name, uh, the 150th overall talent in the first round. But then they picked Blaze Jordan, uh, which was, you know, 
that's where all their money's going, obviously. Um, but anyway, back on back on track. So anybody that is a senior or lower in college, uh, or that is a junior or lower in college, can elect to go back to school, uh, which will make next year's draft really interesting because yeah, there will be really. a lot of there will be a lot of college seniors, uh, you know, declaring for the draft. Uh, that said, seniors also have an extra year of eligibility but okay. they will not be able to go back to school and play. So, so that'll be it from them. They're, well, they're going to have to figure it out. Some seniors really might not be satisfied with a 20K uh, signing bonus, and they might, you know, go to driveline and, and do some showcases, or they might mm-hmm. go to, uh, you know, somewhere. Who, who, who the hell knows, truly? But um, when it comes to this whole you know, free agent bonanza, the undrafted free agent bonanza, I would expect mostly that you're going to be finding college seniors uh, or high schoolers uh, that really, you know, in the low, low ranks, guys that really, you know, if they got an offer for anything, they would have jumped ship and gone to play in the majors to be part of an organization Uh, or anybody. I mean, that said, anybody that thinks they can benefit from an organizational uh, training staff will also you know, if they think 20K is fair, they'll take it. That said, 20K is absolutely criminal. Mm-hmm. The yeah. typical undrafted free agent maximum is 125K. It is criminal that they are forcing guys to take a 20K bonus. Wow. At Especially during times like this. Yeah. And it really pisses me off, but Ryan wants to talk, so I'm going to let Ryan talk. It's, it's shocking. You're absolutely right. And it's... You know, considering they're trying to save money in every which way with the major league players right now, I don't really see why they can't afford to play these young, talented men what they deserve. So, mm. yeah, that's absolutely right. A question for you, Alex. Is yes. this going to be a case now where a whole host of teams have the same list of players and these players get bombarded with five 20K offers and all the offers look exactly the same? And if that's the case... Why would a player choose one organization over another? Like, well, yeah. the contract's not going to look any different, is it? Are they just going to say, point. I'd rather be in Boston than Oakland? Or So it might be that way. But remember, a lot of these seniors are guys from last year's draft, juniors from last year's draft, that said, I'm not satisfied with my draft stock. I'm going to go back. I'm going to play another year. And I'm going to, you know, see if I can get, you know, into the upper echelon of drafts now. Of course, nobody expected that this was going to happen, that we were going to have a truncated five-round draft, and then guys were only going to be allowed to accept 20K offers. I mean, nobody knew that was going to happen, so it really is horrible luck for the college seniors. Uh, that said, a lot of different teams have different evaluations on different players. So we might be looking at a college senior that the Phillies have been following since he was in high school. We might be looking at a college senior who... You know, the Astros said, oh, that guy wasn't taken. I mean, I ha- we have to convince him to come yeah. here. And I mean, if you're choosing between the Dodgers and the Orioles, I mean, to me, you, you have a 20K offer from the Orioles, you have a 20K offer from the Dodgers. Who are you going to pick? I mean, the well, Dodgers have... That's kind, the, of, my, the, that's kind of my point, yeah, Alex. I mean, that's, that's, that's got to be kind of scary. I mean, is it a fair system for some it's of these not, organizations? It's not like the Tigers and Orioles, though, is it? Or the, so or the what Royals? Is, so what it's what it's really about is you're going to not every team is going to make an offer to every player. I mean, it's not like the Dodgers are going to fax out a 
list of all 1,000 players and offer them 20K and just be <laughs> yeah, like, true. come come play for the Dodgers. <laughs> like, that's not how that works. So you need to have spaces in, mm. your, in your minor leagues for these guys. And you also want to make sure they play. Um, so, I mean, you can't just look at, let's say you're the Dodgers and you want to get a guy to send to your single A squad. And you already have, you know, four outfielders, five outfielders, and you're, and you're on your single A team projected for this year. They're going to look at your, you know, their agents are going to do the work or they're going to do the work. Look at your depth charts and say, well, I'm never going to have a single shot to succeed. Yeah, in good position. Point. There are guys above me that are so, and I mean, that's what you, you look at uh, guys like Josh Harrison, who signed with the Phillies on a minor league deal this year. I mean, you look at the Mets, the Mets were the Phillies' major competitor. If you look at the Mets' AAA system, they have two major shortstop or infield prospects sitting in their AAA system that are, that are due to play in AAA this year. I mean, of course he's going to say no to that. And, and that's what happens all around the league. I mean, I'm sure if they could, every team would load up their AAA system with just old major leaguers. And they'd see how, you know, yeah. they perform there and if they want to bring them back up. But I mean, exactly. But that's why. So there's even there's systems in place on OOTP for those it who is. don't know. Uh, out of the park baseball is is a simulation game that you can play. It's amazingly really fun. Good. It's uh, really good. Oh, it's great. Uh, especially if you have a, a a hankering for baseball. Um, but there's there's systems in place where if you have too many of a certain prospect, uh, in your AAA team, a minor league free agent will say no to you. Uh, he'll say, no, I, I could never succeed in your organization. Sorry, goodbye. Um, and that's just how it goes. So that's what you're looking at here with these guys that are going to be signing their 20K bonuses. Uh, they'll be taking, you know, the, the the teams will be able to make presentations to them. They'll be which, uh, Walmart as well or something, presumably, because they're going to need well, some money for their family. Like Randy Dobnak of the Twins was an Uber driver last year during spring training. I mean, oh, it's really? absolutely, yes, wow. it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the, it, this is a chronic problem in baseball. Minor leaguers do not get paid their fair share. And it's, I, I equate it to that of an actor. Uh, minor league actors do not get paid their fair share. I know because I am one. Um, mm. I, I, you know, my minimum pay uh, as an equity member would be $425 a week. That's nothing. I mean, that is, what, $20,000 a year? And the livable wage in, in, in America is like 50 k It's ridiculous. So anyway, I promise I won't drone on any longer. But you're looking at guys that you, mostly hey, college you like seniors. You <laughs> you're looking at mostly college seniors uh, who are going to have a vested interest in a particular organization because they see that they can succeed there. Um, so that's what you'll be looking at. Uh, that said, I'm really excited to see what the Phillies do here. I mean particularly the Phillies, they have, they have a good track record with college seniors. Um, I mean, uh, I can't really pick out any off the top of my head, but I remember last year uh, of the college seniors that they did pick up in late rounds, those guys had really good years. Um, so we're looking at uh, particularly strong tools from college seniors, yeah. and hopefully the Phillies do well on the market. That said, they are participating in criminal activity because this is horrible what they're doing to players. You literally echo. I spoke. We spoke. To, I spoke to uh, Craig Calcaterra for uh, the uh, UK. Oh, great! Another UK community podcast. He literally. You literally echo what he said. He yep. can't believe. And he Very said. Impressive. He said the. Um, it's a baseball. He said they're all. It's all business. It, it's just they I have no that. regard for. That's what they say. What they say in theater too, and I, I, I can't stand it. I mean, Craig Meesh of of 
the Marlins beat, um, who is just one of my favorite writers in the whole world. Um, and if you want to keep up with the Marlins, go follow him. Uh, but he said, or sorry, Craig Mish, I should say, because it's swings and swings and mishes is his podcast. Ah, uh, nice. Um, but um, he uh, he detailed earlier this week. He said, you know, you got to think the Marlins have a have a big edge on a lot of teams here uh, because when it comes to signing these guys for twenty k, because not only you know do they have um, you know the development to to make these guys succeed, yeah. but they got Derek Jeter speaking to them on the phone. I mean, kids that have grown up with, you know, in, in my age bracket, the, the 20 to 23 year olds grew up idolizing Derek Jeter, you know, seeing that guy as the hero of the baseball world, even though he's overrated, but that's another story. Uh, you know, they, they <laughs> you, you can say it. no Yankees fans listen to this, so you get away with that. Yeah, that's just true. <laughs> as you're listening to something else right about now. Uh, anyway, uh, you know, Jeter talking, you know, calling these college kids on the phone and saying, "Hey, come play for the Marlins. I want you here." I mean, come on, like that. While yes, this is a business, that's pretty cool to have a child. Do, do, do you think that's why the Phillies are getting Bryce Harper to do a lot of these FaceTimes and a lot of these yep. retweeting of their stuff? Just to, a little bit more. Of, come on, we want you. Bryce wants you. Bryce and Stott last year was the only time because he's a, he's another one of those guys. He's pretty monotone. Uh, he's pretty, you know, he's all about the work. Uh, the only time I've heard his voice really, like, get excited about something is when he was like, uh, somebody asked him, I think it was, uh, was it Todd Zalecki? Maybe. During his press conference, his introduction press conference, uh, somebody asked him, uh, you know, you're from Nevada. Uh, you get to play with Bryce Harper. Is that like a, a dream come true? You know, the, the best prospect pretty much ever to exist? And he's like... Mm. Oh yeah. I mean, Bryce and I have already spoken. Like, you know, we, we, we talked, he called me the other day. I mean, I'm so excited. Like Bryce has that effect on people. He, he is perhaps one of the greatest prospects of all time, whether he's going to be one of the greatest players of all time. I don't know, but prospect wise, I mean, that dude was, he was already considered to be a monster by the time he was, you know, 16 mm. years old. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all, everybody has their guy that's going to reach out and say, Hey, come play for us. Uh, but you know, the Marlins have ownership that has, you know, yeah. that big name. So we'll see. It, it, it really depends. And quickly on the minors in terms of triple A, double A, single A, what's, what's going to happen? What's going to happen to the, what's, what's going to happen to the players? What are they going to do? Just do expedition sort of matches when they can, or there's a lot of talent I, in the minors who are yeah. either getting laid off again, jobless or, just been wasted so much talent so many players thankfully the phillies didn't cut anybody that you wouldn't expect them to not cut um this year so i mean they cut a couple of minor league free agents and then they cut a couple of guys like brandon Liebrand, who have just been in the system forever and who really you know they don't need them anymore and they mm. could probably find a have a better start somewhere else um but i mean across the board i have no idea I mean, they could play exhibition games once everybody's cleared to and, and healthy to do so. They could, you know, hell if I know. I don't even know if the Williams uh, Williamsport crosscutters are going to exist after this year. That's uh, true, yeah, with all the cutback on the Who knows if the, if the Threshers will exist either, the, the Clearwater Threshers. I mean, Lakewood might be the only standing single-A organization that the Phillies have for, you know, That's just ever, so sad. Which it's... sucks. I mean, I have friends that are on the beats of those teams, and what what the hell are they going to do? I mean, 
So anyway, in, in short, I have no idea. And I really hope they can get their work in. I know that they're going to have them on very strict training programs. Uh, they'll have representative re- representatives reaching out, throwing programs, stuff like that. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Ugh. Again, Craig Calcaterra was just saying, you know, baseball getting rid of some of the single A and the amateur minor teams and the the, the heartbeat and souls of some towns and villages and cities is, is just, again, criminal. And they don't care. It's just business to them. And it's a real, real shame. A uh, couple of questions. Dave Lewis, of course, he put uh, more of a general question, re the draft, rather than finish related, perhaps one for Alex to answer, so get ready, Alex. Why do college football and college basketball have such, uh, players have such high profile in the States compared to college baseball? You would have thought, you would have, you'd have to be a real student of baseball to know the college players' whereabouts football and basketball players at almost superstar level before they reach the NFL NBA. Um, he goes on to say, and because of my, the above in the mid, in my view, it makes it hard to be excited, disappointed for the draft. Uh, you just have to hope we've done well, uh, which in a way is a good thing. It takes the pressure off most of the players and lets them work on their work their way through the MLB in their own pace. Good point. Everyone knows about the, the football and basketball players before they get to the draft. Such a high profile, yet baseball, yeah, they're under the radar. Why? Why is that? Uh, it's simply broadcasting. I mean, a lot of people are addicted to college football. I mean, it is a cult love. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in a positive way. I mean, people. I think the uh, the LSU Oklahoma game this year uh, had like or Clemson game was it Clemson or Oklahoma? I can't remember. Um, but it had incredible viewing stats because Joe Burrow in the first half did something that no other college football player has ever done. Uh, Mm. In fact, he almost exceeded, broke every record in the first half alone. So, I mean, guys get excited about, or or people, I should say, get excited about these players because they're put on their TV. They're broadcasted on their TV. College baseball has no real vested interest in broadcasting because Gosh, I don't know why. I mean, I the only thing that people watch, I don't even know if anybody out there watches it. I watch it, but Vanderbilt does it, game. Does it get like, the same crowds as, do you know that it gets the same crowds as NFL, yeah, or the college yeah, football uh, and, and basketball? Parents, parents love, I mean, parents will always go to their kids' baseball games. And like, you know, if you have a good team like Vanderbilt, if you have a good team, of course people are going to go. But it's because there are, you see, in baseball, there's so many more players. You know, you've got mm. 26 players on the immediate roster that you, you know, you really want to follow um, and, and, and things like that. And in college, there's even more. In football, you're focusing on like the wide receivers, the quarterback and the running back. Yeah. Unless you have like a super a superstar defensive end or or somebody like that. But like those are the guys that are going to go early in the draft um, and, and maybe sometimes your tackles and your but people really care about offense and there, you know, your football teams spend more time on offense. Your basketball teams spend more time on offense. Baseball, it's every other inning. And I yeah. mean, yeah. there's just so much more to follow. Like basketball, five guys on the court at one time. Baseball, 18 guys on the field. I mean, it's just a matter of, of, of what people want to see. And while I watch Vanderbilt games all the time, because Vandy is a guaranteed great school, 
Mm. I understand why people don't want to watch other college baseball teams because sometimes they're not as good. Sometimes they're not as exciting. Sometimes, you know. So, uh, Ryan, yeah, go ahead. Do you, do you feel like as well with college football that those guys that are getting drafted early in the first few rounds are pretty damn close to getting their first cup of coffee in the NFL? Well, that's exactly what it um, is. Yeah, so, you you know, in baseball, you have the option to, to go and watch. You're going to go and watch minor league baseball before you, you know, if, I, if, I, if I'm going to watch young guys, I'm going to go and watch double A. I'm going to go maybe high A, triple A. I'm probably, you're a long way from the majors when you're pitching at Vanderbilt. Yeah, it's a good uh, point. It's, that's a great point, right? There's yeah, a separation because, there, you know? Yeah, because in, in college football, you know you're on the you're watching on the brink of the next stars coming through. Yeah. Possibly even the year after, you, you could even see them tearing it up in their first years. Basketball the same. Baseball, you, you see them in college and they're gone. You literally... Yeah. yeah. Unless you're diehard pulling them through, you're exactly Ryan, right. That's yes. probably the definitive answer. I mean, what I was saying before probably has something to do with it, but what you just said is probably the definitive answer because, you know, you look at those college baseball guys and then they're gone. Then they disappear into the system for two to three years and then finally you see them again. Or if, by if some they, lucky you stroke, again, you yeah. see them. Yeah, and by some lucky stroke, you see them next year and they're not guaranteed to stay with the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could get traded away as, as fodder for some other player. But with basketball, Zion gets drafted. He's coming immediately to play for the Pelicans. In in football, uh, Burrow gets drafted. He's coming immediately to play yeah. for the Bengals. I mean, people know, you're, it, and that's part of why they're watching. Exactly. Yeah. Like even if you're not, you're right. um, even if you're not a sort of Florida Gators fan, you might tune in to watch that game because you know that your team's got the first overall pick in the draft, and they've got the quarterback that's going to be coveted. You're going to go and watch it. You know? And I know so you I, and I, for, for Jalen Rager's first game, we're going to be all over it. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, you're, you're totally, you're spot on. I mean, they're going to make an immediate impact where the baseball players are going to take a couple years, if that. I mean, so that, that's definitely the correct answer I to that question. I asked the same question. I, um, I, I spent quite a lot of time at Penn State um, a few years ago. Um, and I absolutely, I never got to go and see a college football game there, which is a great regret of mine because. Oh, you really should have. It, it would the stadium's so big, it's like absolutely ridiculous. But I always used to ask there, like, where's the baseball team? And yeah, they, mm. they got one, but it, it just, it's not what the buzz is about on it, campus. It, exactly you know? the same. Because um, I've, I've been to Georgia Tech a few times to mm. watch college games when I've seen my NFL team. Uh, and Georgia Tech, sort of <laughs> like that is. And um, again, college baseball, they got Georgia Tech, of course, where, uh, where we got a Georgia Tech play, didn't we? Yeah, Rad- Byron. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Byron, uh, Radcliffe. Radcliffe. Wait to bring it back, Dave, because we were just going to ask if you were wearing a Braves jersey there or. Oh, uh... no. no, no. <laughs> anyway, back. Uh, I'm going to go office. Right. Um, you're, you're right. Um, Alex, you're right about the coverage as well. Over here, we get college baseball on. BT Sport, we get the March Madness on BT Sport. There is no college baseball at all. March Madness, that made me so sad. We that were so really close sad. to March Madness. I know, yeah, we they were. It was literally March 15th. It was March 15th, oh, and they said man. no more March Madness. That oh. is top TV, that is uh, Patrick Schilling has a quick question as well. Last one. A question I have is how we think this season, especially if there ends up being no baseball affects the G- JT Real Muto contract and will we retain him? Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> so this is a really uh, tough situation because, you know, 
you have no idea uh, how oh, I, I don't even know how to go about this. I mean, it's depressing, you, isn't it? You have no idea how a year off from baseball, like actual baseball games, is going to affect a catcher or a pitcher or an outfielder or anybody mm-hmm. in that, you know. And while I'm sure JT loves the Phillies, uh, if he's going into the free agent market with last season as his benchmark, he is going to be a highly uh, sought-after player. And I'm sure he knows that. And I'm sure his agency knows that. So if we don't get baseball this year uh, and the Phillies and JT don't come to a contract extension, I think it it might be that he tests the free agent waters. Now, does that mean they won't re-sign him? No, it does not. I mean, there are so many eventualities in which I see him coming back to Philadelphia. But... Um, it, it's definitely it's it's tough. But, I can't say I'm extremely positive about but, it. But surely we can. The owners cannot let this happen. He's by but far and away the best catcher in baseball. We've got nothing also, even in the system to put, put in. Pay, you can't pay a guy that you know. I mean, you can. Of course, you can. You can always do this, and you could if they would buck up and pay the tax. I mean, if they if, if the Phillies decide to pay the tax next year. You're looking at upwards of 115 million, 150 million off the books this next year alone, or 105 million. I did the math the other day, um, but either way, I mean, in free agent contracts, including JT, including DD Gregorius, including anybody else, D Rob, Jake Arrieta, mm-hmm. they have 61.5 million coming off the books. You can dedicate 30 million of that to JT Realmuto over like three years. So you, you take less years, more AAV, uh, and and you can do that. And, and maybe that keeps him here. And, you know, you have a little less to spend on other needs. Or you can let him go out, test the free agent waters, and you can beat anybody else that, you know, wants to sign him. But that said, I mean, five years of 30 million plus. I don't know. Before the season, I was looking at like maybe the 21 to 25 million mark. Mm. But now that we don't have baseball, now that we don't have, you know, if, if he's basing his free agency off of last year, who the hell knows? I mean, the important part was to lock him down earlier than this and they didn't get there. So uh, we'll see. Yeah. I keep your darn fingers crossed because God knows I don't want to have Sixto Sanchez on the Marlins because of one year of JT Realmuto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, another good point. And even Alfaro, you know, Alfaro. Yeah, was, Jorge's uh, great. Yeah, that was two big, two big good young players to give away for one year of JT Real Muto. And that, 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 that's a big L for us as well at the end of all that. Well, it, it would be if they didn't get to extend him. Yes, that would yeah. be a, a, a pretty big loss. And um, the fans will not be happy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, oh, God. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Ryan, what's going quickly? What's going on at the moment? It's. Where are we? So they've baseball have offered what eighty-two games to the guys. Ninety percent, I believe, it's of 50, 50 game pay rate if they play seventy-two games. It's just yeah. a I can't it keep up. Said, it, it, it'll, it'll be declined, whatever, because they want one hundred percent. They won't budge. Are go on Andrew heading... McCutcheon's Twitter if you're having a hard time understanding. Go on Andrew McCutcheon's yeah, Twitter fun. and watch his video because not only is it hysterical, but it's just it's so accurate i mean to summarize it 
Andrew McCutcheon says, hey, son, if you go to the bathroom on the toilet, you know, I'll give you juice. And he's like, oh, yay, juice. And he goes yes. to the bathroom on the toilet. And then Andrew McCutcheon tries to give him water. And the son is like, you said juice. And then he's like, well, how about water in a nicer cup? And he's like, but you said juice. And then he's like, how about water in a travel mug? And the son's like, you said juice. You know, they're offering them, yeah. they're offering them water, but it's just not juice. And we want juice. The players want juice. Everybody wants the players to get their juice, but the owners aren't giving it to them, oh, but, which is horrible. And all this time being wasted. And if they do end up giving them the juice, then we've just wasted so many weeks uh, of know. potential yeah, baseball well, over this haggling. They they know the they have the the fallback option of enforcing yeah they have the of just forcing them to play forty eight games they'll force them to play the forty and that'll games. be no playoffs right that'll be or oh, the, uh, are they going to include there playoffs, playoffs yeah, there will be playoffs the they'll just money be is. they'll be altered it's ridiculous I'm I'm not only that but infection rates in some states are, are, are skyrocketing again like in Texas There's protests and things like that yeah and the, yeah and, and things going on in the world it's just it's mental do we it's think do we think we're, the players are going to get the juice, or are we going to have no. 52? I think we're going to have baseball, but I don't think the players are going to get the juice. I don't yeah, think they're going to get paid properly. It's um, it's really sad. It's um, it's been so nice to come on here and talk about statistics. Like I say, done some research on these young players. Mm. Um, having a chat with you guys about the Phillies system and JT Realmuto, even though that's a sticky situation. It's been so long and. Even, in some ways, this has been lovely, and then in some ways, it makes me sad as well. Yeah, I, I'm I, I want to be looking through all of this season's stats, and it's only stats that make me know where a player is in there. Without the stats, I probably have my worst fantasy baseball season ever next season <laughs> because I don't know where anyone is. I don't. <laughs> it's so it's, I don't think how scouts are going to deal with this because. They've got nothing to watch. They've got nothing to go yeah. off. The people are not being paid. I'd love baseball to happen, but really, it's a 50, 50 games really doesn't tell you. That's not baseball. Team. I mean, That's honestly, the baseball. Miami Marlins might make the playoffs if it's 50 games. Yeah, it, it, in, it, it, in 50 it, games, the Phillies would have been ahead of the NL East. Oh, they would have been at the top. It, oh, I'm all for it. Yeah, but, but, but guys, this is 50 games in August. What happens in our August the last two years? Oh, stop it. <laughs> new manager, new manager. It's, but it's, it, it's a 52 game shootout. It, it's like a it's like a competition, and it? it's, it's like a, a mini. It has an asterisk on it, unless the Phillies win the World Series. Or win, uh, no asterisk. It's what the asterisk? most legitimate season ever to be played. I'll, I'll be there for the parade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Game, See you there by June, like that. Then <laughs> uh, JT Romuto, who cares? Who cares? We want who? The who parade parade in December? Yeah, sure. Christmas parade at the World <laughs> Series. That would be honestly, that'd be great. I would love that. Oh, uh, oh, I, I miss baseball. You're making me miss baseball so much. It feels weird. It's June. London Series meant to be today. Yes. You know, I could even stay up for the draft. Usually, this time of year, I can stay up all night watching games. I'm like, I struggled at midnight to stay up for the draft. I miss waking up early in the morning, tired, and watching baseball. Ah. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's a weird, weird, and, weird... And, it, and it's doing the reputation so bad. There's a lot of casual fans getting turned off balls as well, especially over here in this country. I've had a few people say, look, I'm just... I, this is just killing the sport for them. Like, it's hard. Uh, uh, quick, but anyway... <laughs> we end on a good note. End on a good note. I feel like we've just fell off the cliff. Uh, so, so good, good draft. Good draft. A, good draft. A, Great a draft. A for Ryan. Good draft, well boys. Done. Good draft. 
That's just hard to pick up. Where do we pick this up? Uh, okay. Just let them meander in their sadness. We're yes. all sad. <laughs> going down. No, it's you know what. It, the the ultimate point is we will have baseball. It will happen, whether or not we feel it's right. Probably going to happen, uh, and who knows? We'll get to see. At least we'll get to see some players. We'll get to see some guys in action. We'll get to see some form of baseball because and every I'd, game will matter. Yeah. Every single game is going to matter, like a playoff game. As well, a shortened season, you're going to be excited to see and how some guys are going to be fast tracked to help the Phillies right now. Right, so Alec you're, going to, be able, you're going to be able to see Spencer Alec Howard. Bowen. This this yeah. is a guy that's going to be straight in the rotation. He's yep. probably going to be the third best pitcher behind Zach Wheeler in that rotation straight off the bat. And Seriously, you're going to be able to watch Alec Baum. You're going to be able. This this is stuff. You know, when it does start, even if it's shortened, and yes, it's illegitimate and it's not as real as a big season, but it is what it is. And once it starts, we're all going to be happy that baseball's back on the Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll be on this podcast <laughs> like 10 games in. Phillies are telling oh, we're going to the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> no. we're going to, it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be weird. And it, you know what? You're witnessing history. So mm-hmm. whether it's good or bad, you're witnessing a very historic you know, well, event. One thing that Cal- Craig Calcaterra said: baseball always bounces back. It bounced back from the strikes in the nineties. It bounced right. back from. He said, "There's been worse at times than this in, oh, in yeah. baseball's I think history." About World War II. It always comes back. Ted Williams went to back. go fight in World War Two. The best yeah. player, arguably almost of all, the best hitter of almost all time, went to go fight in World War Two. People didn't know if their favorite baseball player was going to come back alive. Yeah. Like, you know, we've it has bounced back from worse than this. And yeah. it will come back. Whether or not the owners are going to be complete jerks, I don't know. But baseball will come back in some capacity, and it will be fun to watch. We, we will be seeing Bryce Harper hitting bombs. Oh, it's going to happen. Please. 50 bombs in 50 games. Well, they're saying that. It would be realigned divisions, wouldn't it? And, yeah. and, the, oh, and yeah. the Braves go to the central. Well, there, there might be realigned divisions. We don't yeah. actually know if that's going to happen. Yeah, but it, well, it might. Uh, okay, because because well, we'll see. Craig was pretty adamant that if this happens, they will put him. They will line up from three divisions. I wouldn't divisions. doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it because they want to keep them. But the Braves go with Tigers, the Royals, the White Sox. That's fine. Oh, yeah, well, I suppose if Whatever. you want to win it, you got you got to beat the best. We'll beat the Yankees. We'll beat the Red Sox. Exactly. Mets. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't class them as the best, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll boys. It. Thank you so much for that, guys. Uh, oh, look at that, Aaron 13. Where's that time from? Long, long one. Long Guys, one. thank you so much for your time. Uh, have right. a good evening. Hopefully we'll be talking very soon about baseball coming back. Hey, ring the bell. Ring, ring the, the bell. bell, Ryan? That's how it always goes. Ring, <laughs> ring the bell. Ding a Guys, we'll, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.